Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And now... Coming to you live from atop the Goldenrod City Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle TCG Cast! Hello, 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 and welcome to the 83rd episode of the Puckle TCG Cast with your new host, Basket. Yes, I'm back, although I'm not sure if I'm still new. I had a bad sore throat last month, not COVID, so no need to worry there. We've got a different kind of episode for you guys today. We are going to talk format, the death of the gods, and the core player survey. But basket, you might say. We've only heard your voice. You're kind of funny, but it's the co-hosts who really make the show. To which I say, ouch. Point taken. And reveal the nefarious nutmeg ninja, Seth Vilo. Which is funny, because I've been using a lot of nutmeg in my cooking recently, so well done. (laughs) Good, good. And next, the sass master himself and professional shade caster... Sublime Manic. Hello. You know, if you wanted funny co-hosts, I think you have the best two options, to be honest. Like, <laughs> not so modest, to anyone too. else. But I think you did good if you wanted good, like, entertain. Yeah. It's a good time. <laughs> good, <laughs> and good. And no insults were implied. <laughs> no. Insults is great. I love all the co-hosts. But I have to say, we're a, we're a, good, we're a good package. That's all I'm saying. Yes, yes. Nice package with a little bow right after Christmas. All right, so how have you guys been doing lately? Sublime? No comment. <laughs> no comment? <laughs> okay, we can let... You know what? Given what's been going on, we can leave it at that. <laughs> Seth! I've been doing good. I finally got some things installed in my stupid house today that I've been just kind of staring at. One of them was like a toilet paper roll holder that I've been... That's a big quality of life improvement as a homeowner, okay? You know what? (laughs) I bought myself for Christmas because it was on the Christmas list I gave people and no one bought it, so I bought it myself. I bought some coasters and I love what they did for the living room. Nice. (laughs) Man, we're old. Yeah. Do you have a favorite yeah. fork, Sublime? Are you that? Are you? Oh that my old? god! I have a metal spork. It's like a proper, <laughs> like yeah. I love my metal spork. It's like just oh, like no. a fancy spoon, but with like yeah. I use it when I'm eating ramen, when I'm eating mac and cheese, anything noodle related. It's a, I love you my guys spork. Remember VHS tapes? I remember those. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? No comment. I might still have some. <laughs> I don't have a VHS player, but I still have a couple of VHS. <laughs> Thanks. Uh. 
That's funny. Like those VHSs that you just yeah, can't. It's like I, I don't want to get rid of it. I don't want to get rid yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> I still have like all like this. You know how the VHSs like they would like put you know like a trilogy or something into one giant fat oh uh, VHS box. Sounds, yes. I still have I still have the Godfather version of that. <laughs> and uh, uh, it just sits there because I also do not have a VHS player anymore. <laughs> I might have finally tossed them when I moved, but. I might have. I might have to check. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Now that we've effectively oh, right. derailed this podcast. <laughs> you see how much fun we're having? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Okay. Back on track. All right. <clears throat> I want you all to close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Feel the sun on your skin. The sand between your toes. And let the cool summer breeze ruffle those luscious locks as we visit Topical Beach. Grab your ice-cold Corsola Cola and pull up a chair. It's time for Tropical Beach. All right. To begin, we'll discuss the rise of atheism in the Pokemon TCG, as many have just found out that their beloved Pokegods have been destroyed. Limitless, in their infinite wisdom, have found an issue with the current standard format and have dealt with it by brutally and mercilessly sacrificing ADP on the altar of card bands. Seth. Did this need to happen? And do you agree with what was banned? First of all, I do want to point out that this is only limitless stuff. It's not an official ban, so don't worry, ADP players. You can still use them in official tournaments whenever we get those going again. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. If they don't, yeah. if they don't, uh, you know, if they, if they don't change it, which I just uh, don't want uh, people to get too happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy now. I'm happy now, Seth. <laughs> um, don't I, rain on my parade. I think it's a good thing to try out. Especially if it's not going to have formal action taken by TPCI in official formats. This has been happening in a lot of local things where they bop ADP for their tournament, and it really has a really interesting change on the diversity of the meta. There's not four decks that everyone's focused around. You can play a lot more fun tech cards, things like that, because you aren't artificially lowering the total turns of the game to, like, four. So I like it. I think it's a great thing to experiment with, and I'm interested to see how the tournaments progress with this card restriction. You know, the amount of uh, um, turns in a game, yeah, definitely. But it's also kind of like, depending on the decks that you and your opponent are playing and whether you're the ADB player or not, I mean, you kind of know, essentially, what's going to happen after the first two, like, rounds. Like, (laughs) did they alter creation? (laughs) I've played a lot of games where... They go second, so they can attack. They get off the altered creation turn one. Mm-hmm. Then they just bop two to Dene for game the two following turns. Because they typically play four bosses' orders, a lot of energy switch, and they don't need to power up Azacian. They have they have Dialga ADP up, and it does 180 after altered creation, which is two to Dene, and, or a Crobat or two. That's how they just end the game. Like, it's it's silly, in my opinion. Yeah, and to be on the back foot after, you know, like, like if you're going first, to be on the back foot after you just played your first turn with is no support. So, so upsetting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you don't have a supporter to help you out here. Like, you're just like, okay, well, I guess I'm going first. All right. I've done my best with what I can do. All right. Your turn. And then it's just like, oh, oh no. Oh yeah. no. The amount of literally <laughs> checkmate in three turns games that I've seen or played. Ugh. So I'm. I needless to say, I'm very excited to see 
how this goes. Because <laughs> 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 I want to play the game. I want to actually have it last more than five turns, please. Especially Thank with you how much. long it takes to shuffle. If you would think about, like, in a real world, per- like, if you're playing in person, imagine how long it takes to shuffle your deck and set everything up. For it to be done oh, in three turns. For that sure. Is, for sure. Nope, nope. You I might be done be in 15 minutes for all three rounds. Jeez. <laughs> I feel like if I spent more time shuffling than I did actually play it, I'd be upset exactly. with that. You know? Exactly. Yeah. The setup is like double the time it takes to lose. <laughs> Honestly, yes. <laughs> and that's just not a good investment. If you do the seven riffle shuffles that it takes to properly randomize your deck based on a based on a study that was done in 1992 for Magic How many? players, How many? seven riffle shuffles okay. is okay. optimal randomization. If you do that, that takes longer than a game against ADP checkmate three turns. Hello, there you go. Yeah, like for real. <laughs> Especially now that things like Marnie, not Marnie, um, and Cynthia aren't in there, so you're not shuffling your deck on your turn as much. So, yeah, there's still quick ball and all that kind of nonsense, but I mean, it it it, it can take longer than a three turn game. Uh, yeah, it's definitely made like uh, card sleeve fashion more important, you know, so you can look good while you're <laughs> shuffling your deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> because that's 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 all you're going to be able to play. <laughs> it's going to be the majority of your game. All right, Sublime, what do you think that TCPI can learn from this to do better in the future? when they're balancing game mechanics. Whenever you're going to have something that, like, changes the rules of the game, I think that needs to be something you're very careful about. And they probably (laughs) thought they had balanced it because you can only do an attack like that once per game. And it's rotating out, that mechanic. But, like, it still fundamentally alters, like, the rules of the game. And that's that's not a good... you, You play with fire, you gotta handle with... Kitty tape, extra caution, all of the all of the barriers. You need to be careful when you do something that like is affecting like the core rules. You know, whenever you have something that cheats the rules, you got to be suspicious of it. Because I I think of the only other card I can remember that I was like that was like controversial and ended up getting banned eventually and expanded was uh, Forest of Giant Plants. You yeah, remember? and it broke the rules and it in a way that is just not fun. The rules are there for both players to do so that, you know, and then when you have one that is, like, altering their rules, but it's just not cute. It's not cute. So don't do it. Yeah, I mean, the rules are there, like, the core rules are there for balance. Yeah, and it it gatekeeps in a lot of ways, you know, because when you're making a deck, you're like, oh, but can I live if I fight against an eight, you know? It's like, I think of a lot of uh, things that happen in, like, smog on type of situations. A lot of the bans aren't because something is oppressively strong it's because it uh reduces the number of things that get played you know r.i.p mm-hmm. or shifu dab <laughs> yeah. uh right like it's about being mindful of like the number of things that like does it reduce diversity of like things that are being played right so i think if tc if a tournament wants to reduce it and they're seeing a greater diversity of decks people are probably having more fun and if you're trying to make your card game fun then maybe you should think about banning things even if they haven't rotated out yet. Oh yeah, for sure. And like my favorite thing that happens to me when I'm playing a game against someone is when I when I do something that's unique in my deck and they're like, oh, wow, that's really cool, blah, 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 blah. And then you can like talk about it after the game's yeah. over. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's so much fun. Like there's so many times where I'll see something different in another deck and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like... 
like, what made you do that? What was the, what was the reason for you adding this into your deck? You know, like, how consistently can you pull this off? Cause it worked great there, but are you thinking of pulling it out because it doesn't work all the time? Blah, 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 blah. You know, like, it's, it, it takes away from, like, when it becomes too standard because something's oppressive, it takes a lot of that away. Yeah. For me, I, I just wish they would have had a little bit more foresight personally. And Altered Creation should not have been an attack that's possible to do turn one. This should have been Dialga GX requires five energy levels of difficult to get off. They could double the energy, and it would still be an extremely strong effect for the cost. And at the same time, they're like, oh, it's a water metal. No one plays those two combos. And then later they just have Zacian exist. And then they have Energy Spinner exist. So it solves the problem of finding the correct energy. Or Viridian Forest, if you play that method. or And then Metal Saucer to make it so that you can just discard them and then get them back that way. Like, every every set, there's something that refines ADP a little bit more and makes it even better. Like, there's a tool card coming out in the next set that just makes Zacian do 30 more damage. The Rusted Sword. Yeah. Every single set has something that makes it a little better. And, yeah, that's that's what I have a problem with. It's It's kind of like how Super Scoop Up Net works with Shamans, where it's just a lack of foresight, where they tried by saying it doesn't work on GX and V Pokemon, but they forgot about EXs or some rule to fix that or no errata or something like that. I I just wish it was a little bit more foresight. And without that on the card, just bopping it, honestly. That's my thought. Yeah, and like it's it's kind of funny to me because like Sublime was saying earlier, you know, it's like, Maybe they didn't think it was that big of a deal because you can only use the move once. But if it's yeah. a move that you use once that then affects the entirety of the rest of the game, uh-huh. it's That's kind so it's true. it's a moot it's a moot point, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you can only do it once. Well, but I can use it for the rest of yeah. the game. So, like, you know, yeah. how is how is that curtailing the absurdity of what this can do? They thought, oh, well, it's balanced because you can only do a GX attack once. I'm like, yeah, but it's a GX attack exactly like you said. That affects yeah. the rest of the game. Yeah. Right? yeah. What other GX's attacks do that? I'm sure there's something. I, there might be a couple, but like, yeah. I would have liked a reprint of Pokemon Ranger. Like the set after this came out. That would solve the problem. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. That would have been great. That's a one of in every one of my expanded decks, which keeps ADP in check. Yeah. I, <laughs> the first time, The first time I ever uh, saw that card, I was like... This is going in my Vespaquin deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that entirely deletes the effect of the GX attack. Like, I would have loved a reprint of that just, like, the set after it came out when they started realizing ADP was a problem. But here we are without that, so. So I have one more quick question before we move on to the next part of the topic. How much oversight do you think that, that they have on the game? Or do you guys know any information on, like how play t- testing is done or anything like that, that might be something interesting to look into at some point. Because it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot going on. I would disagree. I think there is an immense amount of play testing and speculation, and they, they probably have drafts and things like that. This is all speculation. I don't know anybody or, you know, my grandpa doesn't work for Nintendo or something like that. Right. But I really do think there is an absolutely immense amount of it, but... Among the minute pieces, I think it kind of gets lost. Like, there's a lot of synergy with the smaller cards, Mm -hmm. but when they don't affect the big tournament-level cards, 
it's not as important. Like you can you can go to a what is what are those called? Um, a pre-release thing back you know back in the day when we could go to physical events <laughs> and um, <laughs> back in my day. Back in my day, back to us being <laughs> old. With our VHS tapes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We'd go to pre-releases in person. Yeah. <laughs> when you're playing through those, though, and playing with the small cards you would otherwise never consider, there is an extreme amount of synergy between those tiny cards that you just don't see in a tournament level. So I think overall there's a whole lot of playtesting to make each card have some merit or value in some way and not make everything worthless but it ends up making the big things just big and bad i also think relative to like previous years like they are paying more attention to what the actual like top level meta is a lot more and what that is played like and they're yeah. trying more than they used to which is appreciated Look at all the expanded bands for instance they didn't have many right others. like the fact that they banned shaman like they didn't need to There's, they don't need to you know like yeah, but they're trying to make the fo- they're trying to improve. They are trying to improve the format. They even had official standard bands. Like that's unheard of. Like what was it, Miss Magius? I think. Yeah, I remember when that. Yeah, that was a sad day. I In standard, there was a couple, and that like they're with that speaks to me as them trying to make it a, a better format for everybody. Yeah, and if they're doing that, like that, Miss Magius got banned. Not that long after it came out relative to ADP, it's worth noting. Yeah. Like, in the amount of time ADP has been out, they could have banned what they did with Miss Magius, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised why they have or I wonder why they haven't, because it's, they're, it's something they're willing to do. They sold the battle box, that's why it sells cards. That's fair, yeah. yeah that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> right now, they're not going to do anything that doesn't sell big box cards, because they need it, because no one's buying anything. I guess kind of... The reason why I asked that question is there seems to be like some sort of, I don't know, like simple situations to me that it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense why to add these things. Like, I believe there are, there were like, since ADP has been out, there have been what? I think three different ways to, to play it. Get rid of, get rid of steel weakness. Ah. Uh, to like was... to affect Zacian, there was the the first one was uh, I think it was the metal frying pan. Yep. And then there was a there was a card like like uh, maybe it was a Pokemon or something like that. And then most recently, there's the uh, coating metal energy. Yes, yeah, coating metal energy. And to me, like that just seemed absurd. Like, yeah. who's not going to put it in their ADPZ deck? You know. I, I hear you a little bit, but. In normal situations, absolutely. It just makes it stronger. But the only relevant fire type is Scorch, basically, which can rank up, ramp up so much damage it doesn't care about weakness. So that's one thing. Reshizard can also do an absurd amount of damage and doesn't care about the weakness or anything like that. Makes it harder. Like, it makes it so Volcanion can't KO it. But... Yeah. Eh. It's just, it's just more on the, like... It's more salt in the wound of ADPZ being the best deck in format, hands down. There's always going to be a best deck in format, too, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's as oppressive in the way that ADP is. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, there's always going to be a deck that, like, checks other decks that make, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that... ADP, I think, is a unique case. Yeah. Because of how it changes the rules. It changes how you play completely. Yeah. Okay. 
if you guys are good with it, let's move on to the core player survey. Ooh, yeah. All right. So this was a targeted survey, and it was unavailable to the public. There were some pretty exciting things in there. Uh, the potential for, uh, like, an official booster draft format was really yeah. cool. Uh, an evolution format to kind of slow down the game um, and put some more limits on there. And my personal favorite, the expanded format reprint expansion set. Praise the sun, yes. How amazing is that? No longer that needs to happen. would you have to, and just so we're clear, this is, none of this is actually like, you know, written in stone or anything like that. They're just questions that yeah. the surveyors were asking. But is anyone as excited as I am for literally any of these to go into effect? <laughs> yes. If I don't have to pay another 50 bucks for computer search, thank you. Oh, yeah. I. Ugh. It's so exciting that they're coming out with, uh, or, or that there's the potential for this uh, expanded format reprint, because there are just so many great cards that are just completely, completely out of anybody's, or at least most people's, um, ability to pay for. Yeah. And those that have them aren't letting them go, because they're going to use them, like me. Exactly. Especially because they don't ever change out when expanded cuts off like it's just been black and white forward forever right yeah Mm -hmm. and like the more and more sets get added and the longer time goes on the harder it is to find that early stuff yeah really yeah as more and more people get into expanded more and more people buy the pieces it becomes even harder yeah and that makes it a really big barrier to entry because if you're going to be serious about playing like tcg tournaments expanded is part of that yeah, it's a way to get points, and there's not as many people there, so your likelihood of doing well is higher if you have the skill. There might be 400 yeah. people instead of 1,400 people that mm-hmm. you have to go through. So, yep, skill yeah. and money. But the money barrier to entry <laughs> with expanded is for real sometimes, you know? The thing is, it's all reselling. Pokemon doesn't get any dime of that money. So if Which they is all this, the more reason. That's a very good point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's all local game things and like TCG player online, whatever it is. <laughs> I forget the URL. But yeah, if if they do an official thing like that, that's a way for them to dip into this interest that's building for this. You know, again, asterisk when physical in person events start again. Yeah, and did didn't they like not that relatively not that long ago make like change expanded so that it like it was gonna be in more tournaments? Wasn't that a thing that I remember happening? Like A couple of years back they started adding more expanded events to the tournament cycle, yes. Also, I would love to do an Evolution or Singleton format. I think Singleton is a really fun thing. I think Singleton is a really fun thing. I don't know those formats. Yeah, I don't I don't know okay, Singleton. Okay, so this, it's, I've played it more in other card games, but a Singleton deck means that, aside from energy in this case, every single deck in your, uh, every single card in your deck has to only have one copy of it in there. Oh. You can have no reason. Oh. It's really fun because. It's kind of like Commander in uh, uh, Magic the Gathering. I'm unfamiliar with that, but yes. I'm okay, okay. okay. Yeah, because if you have to run, like, well, you can run multiple energy, but, like, essentially, like, 60 cards that are different, you don't run these big four, cards. four lines. Like, it changes things. That's, that's wow. fun. I love it. I'd love to that's see those cool. online. That would be cool to just, like, tinker with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's actually something that I didn't think about. It would be cool if, like, let's say they picked maybe one or two uh, to actually implement into, like, you know, quote-unquote real tournaments. And then the rest, they could totally add to 
TCG online. Yeah. Like that would be fun. It would be easier too. You might actually get interest that way. I can't imagine a physical pl- tournament would garnish that much that many people for an event like that, but online you could keep trying it. Start it there so you build interest and skill and then do it at in-person tournaments. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking that like see how much interest there is and then go off the numbers uh on which ones to add to uh um in-person tournaments. Suddenly unlimited one time <laughs> breaks everything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. That would be a crazy format. You could play four wannabe supporters a turn. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so with this survey, does it start to feel like the player TPCI dialogue is uh, like like this is the start of something? Or should we not hold our breath for another survey anytime soon? Well, this survey wasn't even up to like the public. It was like limited invitation survey, right? Yeah, I think so. It was. However, and I could be wrong about this, but... I don't remember anything like this really happening. Nor I. And it was a lengthy survey. I was expecting it to be short. I got one, and I filled it out, but it was longer than I was expecting, and it asked a lot of good questions through it. I really hope that this continues, either another survey like this a year from now or something like that. And I will admit that a lot of my questions were skewed because of COVID. This was very much a physical in-person card event questionnaire, not really the online questionnaire. Yeah. So... COVID really did skew a lot of my responses, so I would love to be able to answer honestly without that being a cloud over my head as I was answering these questions. So I hope it's I hope it continues. I felt like part of the active community when I was actually filling this out, which I haven't felt with the card game really before. I felt like just a consumer. Yeah, I've only ever gotten consumer vibes before. And so this felt like, even though I didn't write anything in the survey, I didn't get the survey wasn't targeted, but um, it felt like the start of something. And I understand why why it's targeted, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you could you would just be getting all this from, you know, who knows what people are going to be writing in that, like how many people mm. are just going to be doing jokes and whatever, or, you know, bots to try and like change certain things have a bigger influence. So I understand the targeted approach, but it does feel it does feel good to me. And I'm. I'm excited about the future of, like, better communication between player and TCPI. Yeah. Did you get one, Sublime? Uh, I haven't checked. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm wondering, because you don't you know, really do I've that. only ever done, like, uh, TCGO for, like, my yeah. buying. Like, I only buy codes. Yeah, and like I said, this is very much physical. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if I got it because I went to that tournament last year. And that in-person in Nashville, year? Last year? Year before? Whenever it was. Regardless, somewhat recently. So I might have been on their radar because of that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I I thought it was a good one. And it was, like I said, it was lengthy. It asked a lot of good questions about those formats and things like that. I'm just giving a little insight because I actually had to sit through it. And um, a whole lot of things on a Likert scale of, like, strongly disagree, strongly agree. Do you think we should ban things in expanded? Yes and or no in standard? Yes or no? How strongly do you feel like they they were very in depth questions on like what your thoughts on any metagame that you play were? So like, should we do a tournaments for in pre release kits or things like that? There was a lot, and I really felt like they actually wanted my opinion. So it was it was very cool to fill out. Uh, but I'm kind of rambling cool. now. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, we can move on. Let's talk about how we think the format will change now that ADP is gone. Uh, Seth and Sublime, are there any decks that can run wild now that ADP is out of the mix? Or was there maybe something that ADP was holding in check that now is just like going to burst out on the scene? I've got one that has been kind of one that I want to play and get good at and such. And I've seen it succeed in tournaments where like there was one tournament, the first time that someone, some tournament banned ADP, this won the entire event and it's gotten better and people have refined it more. Since then, especially with current meta trends, it's Sandaconda with support from Colossal, the one that has Tar Generator that lets you plop a fire and a fighting from your discard to one of your Pokemon. And Sandaconda does 220 for 3 energy, discard 2 energy. So you can just recycle that 220 attack every single turn. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it, and it's really good in a meta where Eternatus and Picarom are relevant. And right now, Picarama has seen just a massive resurgence. It does do it with Mewtwo, so this might be a little more difficult to do. But regular base Picarama and all of its pieces are weak to Sandaconda. And obviously, Eternatus is as well. And 220 is more than enough to bop that 320? 340? Whatever HP monster that Eternatus is. So, I think Sandaconda is one that can really shine in a non-ADP format. Especially because it's one shot by Azacian. So if they get an altered creation off before you're able to rare candy up your Colossal, they can just take two Sandaconda and you're having a bad day. So <laughs> it, it's really a race against time against ADP because they just need two turns. Like straight up, they just need two turns and you need three to knock out the Zacians. So I think that's one that could really, really shine in this format. It has before, which is why I'm kind of cheating by giving this as an answer, but I also just love the deck. <laughs> So, that's my thought. As well as just anything that runs one prize text. Mm-hmm. That's true, too. If you're running one prizes especially, you have, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't think, obviously, Eternatus is no longer the top deck of the pack. But it's still competitive, and I think it does better without than with. Although I feel like a lot of decks do better without ADP there than with. Yeah. Right? Like, even if they have a, they're competitive with it, or even if they can win it, they're probably happy not to have to. Yeah, Eternatus is particularly scared of ADP because they love to drop Crobats on their bench. Yeah, and you're filling up this bench with, like, itty-bitty things. Yeah, like, because you need so many bench slots occupied. Yeah. And they're running all them bosses' orders. That's not, like, that's not a good matchup for you. Yeah, ADP runs four. Like, yeah, no like, less. Yeah, like, hello? Yeah, you, you go, yeah. So, I'm all for, uh, they're, like, all the other decks that would be more viable, just... Even if, like, multiple new decks weren't introduced, having a greater, I guess, equilibrium between, like, how all the decks are performing would be nice. So I'm, yeah. I'm down for that. I personally am excited for the return of anti-meta decks because... Yeah. Oh, yeah. From my understanding with ADP, there was really no anti-meta deck that could actually really, like, focus on this. Yeah. The only one I could think of is Desigoons with Decidueye and Obstagoon. That's the only thing I could think of. But even now, it doesn't matter because they have Aegislash to bop through them, so. Yeah, exactly. Aegislash just, yeah. It, <laughs> it was just like every time something came up, it was like, oh, but there's this card this set. That- <laughs> now I can, I can crunch through a Desigoons. Ha ha. <laughs> so. I'm with you there. That would be, that's really fun. Like, I like the anti-meta stuff. I'm I'm kind of, Sublime and I share this, where if the deck is popular, I don't want to play it, you know? Am I right, yeah. Sublime? I mean, 
like, what I do is, I don't care what's most popular. I want to do the deck that I think looks the most fun and that is viable. Yeah. 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 For yeah. me. My favorite kind of decks are the ones where it's like, I, do, I never even thought about that Pokemon. You know, yeah. I, I never, I never even imagined that I would ever start to like this Pokemon that I never thought twice about. Like, that's one of the reasons why I love Vespaquin so much. Yeah, that's a oh, good God, point. Oh, God, that's such a fun deck. I miss that deck. That was such a fun deck. And then also, uh, for instance, Mega Audino on the, in the, in the, <laughs> yeah. in the Night March, like, all those years ago. Oh, that was such a good, yeah, t- uh, Worlds, yeah. Yeah, like, that was an amazing, absurd anti-meta deck, and it was just like, Mega Audino? Really? Like, I had never seen that before. I didn't even know that was a card. And then there's this kid who wins the entire worlds with Mega Audino. Yeah, and he's one of the best players, like, in the world to this day. I yeah. Think was, I think it was Shintaro Ito was the one yeah. who did that. And he's he's... Whenever he speaks about something that's trending, I listen to that. <laughs> There's also things like Night March and Mad Party that are fun mm-hmm. that are, just don't necessarily go quick enough to face off against ADP. But yeah. I love I love Bunnelby being the lethal attacker. Oh yeah, yeah for Joltik, sure. Joltik killing like a Eveltal that was good. That was fun. right. And Mad Party's even worse now. It's so good. Oh, <laughs> it's fun and expanded too. Yeah. No, honestly. Mad Party is going to be my next, like, big thing if they're able to throw ADP out because that's just, oh my gosh. I don't even care. Well, it I don't should even care rotate my win out ratio. this year, right? At worst, like, it should rotate out. ADP out will year. rotate at September unless they do something funky, which I don't think they will. But, yeah, it's it's yeah. slated to, we're slated to be Sword Shield on this and September. And Mad Mar- uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, Matt, yeah. We, yeah. Go the on. March will still exist. <laughs> I mean, that's still like six months from now or more. And Mad <laughs> so. Party won't be as good because they lose to Dene. So that's a thing. Yeah, but it's, it still has a lot of potential. And I've even right now in an ADP format, it can it can go absolutely berserk one of the turns and start swinging for 200 something turn two. <laughs> so I've done it. I've seen it happen. It's great. <laughs> All right. Anything else we want to share before we move on to the Venusaur best? I'm ready. This will be fun. All right. Let's do it. Before you march as a titan, do not be ashamed of the fear inside you. Embrace it as you witness the Venusaur best. Look, you guys, it's a Venusaur. Okay. And here's the Venusaur best. Let's start with you, Sublime. Okay, so since we've been talking a lot about the ADP, I wanted to discuss uh, Arceus card, or Arceus. I don't know what your denominational pronunciation is. <laughs> denominational presents. <laughs> I feel like there's probably differences. <laughs> well, let me tell you, sweetheart, I'm personally a southern Arceus. <laughs> Well, up here in the north, we have southern Ar- uh, the northern Arceus. You know, it's probably very bad. <laughs> very bad. Oh. oh, my God. I needed that. that was- <laughs> but based on however you pronounce it, based on how you see the world, um, there's a card from the Shining Legends set called Shining Arceus. And, you know, 
For a card called Shining Arceus, it's not that sparkly, you know? So Shining Arceus <laughs> was a card back in the Shining Legends set, which more, most notably had Zoroark GX. So no one even cared about you, Arceus. People just wanted the Zoroark, because that was the Thank Zoroark you. era. Um, but it had, it was like a basic with 130 HP and an ability. So you'd think, oh, well, maybe it's got something. It's colorless. Uh, and it had the ability Fabled Defense, which said as long as it was your active, it prevented all damage done to your benched Pokemon. And it only had one attack called Ultimate Arrow, which cost four colorless energy. Four colorless energy just to do 30 damage to all of your opponent's Pokemon. And, like, it looks like it is, like, this card that seems almost good because it's a basic with 130, and it's protecting your bench, and it can do chip, like, it can target the opponent's bench. But, like, nothing about it, like, adds up to being enough that you would call it good. So, you know, it tried. It really tried. It's not, like, objectively, it's not a bad card. But that's why I feel like it's doing its Venusaur best because... It couldn't get past the Galar border, and it couldn't get into decks when it came out. You know, it's just really trying to uh, proselytize itself, and it's it's trying its Venusaur best. I feel like <laughs> so so sublime. <laughs> Are you telling me that that's the only attack on this card? Yes. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> it's a four energy cost to do thirty damage to everything on your opponent's side. Two players put down Arceus. And what they just stare at each other for the rest of the game, they like do thirty to each they of the take thir- Yeah. Oh, okay. So the Arceus was on a bench, take- but not if there was okay. Arceus on only the bench. protects the bench. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, because I thought I thought the attack was only doing damage to the bench. How fabulous no. would Arceus have been if it worked from the bench? Right. We had bench supporters from the it's bench. Like yeah. So you're telling me that, uh, like, all of what's this, like what's a really bad. Like, a not popular Pokemon that got a bench effect. It's doing better than Arceus. Arceus, your Venusaur best ain't Tapu Coco. Yeah, there you go. Tapu Coco in that era had the same kind of attack, 20 to everything, for DCE and free retreat. It, yes. Oh, God, I love that Tapu <laughs> Coco. You get the one because it was a promo card, I believe. Yes, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. You, you, get, yeah. you get your copy, and you really only needed one copy because it had no retreat cuts. Yeah, it's better than this. It is. Tapu Coco is. is better than God. <laughs> All right, Seth, what's your pick? All right, I wanted to go with Dialga, and this is something that I used on occasion. And I'll, you know, I threw it in decks. It tried its Venusaur best. Sometimes it really did cool things. Sometimes it just didn't. Um, I, I played Metagross a long time ago, and this Dialga GX put in some work. The first attack is overclock. You draw cards until you have six in your hand, so if you were behind on turn one, you could do that and draw some extra cards, try and find things. It had a shred attack that a lot of dragons have, which just doesn't care about any effects on anything. So, for instance, the Decidueye and Obstagoon would normally block this, but the shred just goes through it. 80 damage, so it's nothing impressive. But... And I alluded to this earlier in the show. The GX attack was possibly one of the more fun things ever to play. Especially when you had Guzma and Choice Band. Timeless GX did 150 damage. 180 if you have a Choice Band. And the effect is take another turn after this one. So, 
the play is you use Timeless GX on a Guzmud up Tapu Lele to knock it out, take two prizes, then you go again, and you switch Dialga out to whatever the big attacker on your bench is to take out the next thing they send up. So in quote-unquote one turn, you take four prizes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I I never... So I never played against this. Was it... um? Was it, like, oppressive at all, or was it, like, more difficult to pull off, and that's why it was more uh, accepted or whatever? Because of that 5 energy GX cost, Mm -hmm. not only was it very difficult to stack that many energies on when there was gusting in the format, but the second Dialga hits your bench, you announce exactly what what you are doing to your opponent without saying anything. The second you drop it, like, more than turn one, it's like, oh, crap, they're going after my Lele with that. So if I see them put any more than one energy on it, I need to bop it. So <laughs> in my entire time playing this as a one-of tech in my Metagross deck, I pulled this off once. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> but it was so worth it for that one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so that leaves me with Palkia. This card is from the Call of Legends expansion. Palkia is the master of space. Space, people. The final frontier. A lot of its cards are great and have similar abilities or moves to this one. But this one, it it seems to have just kind of smushed a few of these, like, abilities that switch around different Palkia cards together into one attack that costs way too much and gives no real benefit. So, here it is. Palkia, basic, 100 HP. It is a water-type Pokemon card. For 4 water energy, you can do Wormhole, which is which does 60 damage. Switch Palkia with one of your benched Pokemon. Then, your opponent switches the defending Pokemon with one of his or her benched Pokemon. Good job holding up your end of the bargain there, Palkia. At least the other two tried. It's... <laughs> I don't know. Dialga, Dialga plays with time. You, you do your turn twice. That's playing with time. I mean, yeah, he's playing with time, but he's not actually helping. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's kind of a funky Palkia. Palkia has a lot of weird cards. We skimmed through a lot of them. There, there's yeah. a lot of weird Palkias. Yeah, a lot of them deal with switching and stuff like that, but this one, it's like, why would I ever want it in my deck? Like, the only time, the only time that it would, like, be helpful is when I was in such a bad situation that I'm like, hey, I'm just going to switch this up. I want to do 60 damage right now, and for some reason I've decided to put 4 water energy on this. So I'm going to do 60 damage, maybe kill something if it's like super low on health or whatever, uh, and then then move it out of the way. Yeah, and then like hope that whatever they pull up there I don't know, like isn't going to take out whatever I put up yeah. In front, like I don't, I don't understand like why someone would choose to put this card in their deck. Right, Palkia's had like of the bunch. Palkia, I think, is kind of the weaker one. Arceus did have its entire set to itself, where it had like some of each type, and that one broke the rule that you can only have four of one card of the same name because you could put as many Arceus in your deck as you wanted. So. Arceus has had some fun. Dialga's had some fun. I feel like Palkia of the three has had the least fun overall. I don't know. Yeah, out of the Venusaur best in this pick, Palkia is definitely the Venusaur worst. 
<laughs> yeah, good way to put it. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the show. Seth, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely, I enjoyed it. Sublime, it is always a pleasure, sir. It's always a pleasure to mix business with pleasure with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and thank you, Puckle Peeps. I hope to see you next time. And that's the end. Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.